0: The men looked into the heavy swells with uncertainty as their small fishing ship was tossed around like a toy boat in a bathtub. The sky was dark and brooding, with the sea looking almost black. The waves looked hungry for another ship, with the waves gnashing like teeth at the ship's hull. This area of the Atlantic was already notorious, and it was about to become more so, all thanks to the perfect storm. Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, my name is Eleanor. Just a quick disclaimer for our younger audience before we dive in. This story may be disturbing to some, so viewer discretion is advised. Okay everyone, let's get into it. Just a quick note here folks, this ship's disappearance is still in question, and despite the fact there's been a motion picture made on it, we still don't know the full truth and we may never know. If I say something that contradicts with the movie The Perfect Storm, just know I'm going off of the most modern information available. With that said, let's get into her building and specs. FV Andrea Gale is the first fishing vessel I've ever covered. Her original name was Miss Penny for owner Robert Brown. She was built in Panama City, Florida in 1978 by Eastern Shipbuilding, being completed sometime that year as well. She would offload her catch and reload on stores and food for the next fishing run in Gloucester, Massachusetts, though her home port was Marblehead, Massachusetts. Her identification number was 592898. At some point during her service history, her name would change to F.V. Andrea Gale, but we really don't have much on her service history. Before we get further into her story, let's take a deep dive into the specs. F.V. Andrea Gale weighed in at 92 tons, and since she's an American beauty, that's in Imperial tons. In Imperial measurements, she was 72 feet long, had a beam of 20 feet wide, and a depth of 9.8 feet deep. In metric measurements, that's a length of 22 meters long, a beam of 6.1 meters wide, and a depth of 3 meters deep. Andrea Gale was a small shipping vessel with a dark forest green hull, maroon keel, and white superstructure, with her name emblazoned in yellow on the side. She's equipped with a crane for fishing for swordfish and manned by six crew. She also had a sister ship, the Hannah Bowden, and she is still fishing to this day. Let's look at propulsion. For propulsion, she was equipped with one CAT 3408-365 horsepower turbo diesel reduction engine for her main engine, one CAT 35 kilowatt generator, and one Lister 15 kilowatt generator, and all of this powered one single-shaft propeller. With this setup, she could reach service speeds of 12 knots, which is 22 kilometers per hour and 14 miles per hour. That's pretty efficient for a fishing vessel. And this video is an efficient way to hear her story. If you're enjoying this video, leave me a like, subscribe to the channel for more content, and let me know down in the comments section below. Okay, let's get into the final voyage. Her career, like I stated earlier, is difficult to report on, but we do know her captain, Frank Billy Tyne, and FV Andrea Gale had been on a multitude of excursions before, including stormy ones, and so this trip in the autumn of 1991 was looking no different to her and her crew. Let's meet the crew real quick, shall we? We have Captain Billy Tyne, a young and fearless man who had been through storms with Andrea Gale and was quite confident in her abilities. After that, we have David Sullivan, Alfred Pierre, Bobby Shatford, Dale Murphy, and Michael Bugsy-Morin, making up our six-man crew. Before F.B. Andrea Gale left Port in Gloucester in Massachusetts, she was fully loaded. She was stocked with hundreds of miles of monofilament line, thousands of fishing hooks, and 10,000 pounds of bait to fish. For her crew's safety, she had seven life preservers, six survival suits, a life raft, and an emergency beacon. The crew wanted to fill the cargo hold with swordfish quickly, return within a month or so, and spend time with their families again. As we all sadly know, this plan would take a turn for the worst. F.V. Andrea Gale's owner, Bob Brown, was also known as Suicide Brown among the locals because of the risks he took as a young fisher, and he'd taken Andrea Gale out in storms many times himself. This trip was looking like many of the trips he'd taken in the past. The crew, loaded to the gills with bait, left Gloucester on September 20th, 1991, heading toward the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. If that area sounds familiar, that's right around the area where RMS Titanic struck the iceberg and sank. The crew arrived at the Grand Banks area and they didn't have much luck sword fishing. The fish weren't biting, and parts of the ship started to break down, including the ice machine that made the ice to house the fish. That meant more time in the Atlantic Ocean than they wanted. Captain Tyne set out further than the Grand Banks in search of a better catch, heading out toward Flemish Cap. This decision did turn out to be a good one after all. The holds were full with swordfish, enough to reward all six men with an awesome paycheck, and on October 27, 1991, Captain Tyne decided it was time to head home. On October 28, F.V. Andrea Gild made contact with another fishing ship in the area, Allison, with Captain Tyne reporting to them around 6 p.m. that he and his crew were roughly 130 miles north-northeast of Sable Island and were already experiencing violent 80-knot winds from the perfect storm. The perfect storm was actually three storms tied up into one massive storm system. Three huge storms converged in the area, making waves as high as 100 feet or 30.5 meters high and winds reaching speeds upward of 92 miles per hour or 148 kilometers per hour. This would be hard for larger ships, let alone a 72-foot-long fishing boat bobbing along in these treacherous conditions. While a massive nor'easter was brewing, a hurricane was swirling in the Atlantic, Hurricane Grace, a late-season hurricane. An anticyclone or a massive cold front coming up from the south blocked Hurricane Grace off from the eastern seaboard and sent it back out into the Atlantic, up toward FV Andrea Gale. Hurricane Grace soon met up with a low-pressure system that had traveled up from Quebec out into the northern Atlantic and so set forward in motion our perfect storm, the nor'easter, the Quebec low-pressure system, and Hurricane Grace. On October 29, 1991, Forty days after they'd set out, the luck of the crew of F.V. Andrea Gale ran out. Her last communication was with her sister ship, Hannah Bowden, and her captain, Captain Linda Greenlaw, recalled later, quote, I wanted a weather report, and Billy wanted a fishing report. I recall him saying, The weather sucks. You probably won't be fishing tomorrow night. Sadly, that was the last time anyone heard from any of the six crew of F.V. Andrea Gale. She was presumably lost near the area where SS Edward Y. Townsend and RMS Titanic were lost, though her wreck has still not been located. If you're on an audio-only format like Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, make sure to subscribe for more episodes and leave us a 5-star review, since it helps us reach more listeners like you. Check out our community tab on YouTube to keep up with us, and we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, back to the story. With the storm continuing to build rapidly and the crew of F.V. Andrea Gale radio silent for three full days, Bob Brown decided to list the ship as missing to the United States Coast Guard. The crew was usually out for a month, and the fact that it had been 40 days and there was still no communications worried Brown, thus prompting his call to the Coast Guard. By October 30, 1991, the same day the ship was reported missing, the storm had hit the shore with gusts of wind roughly 70 miles per hour or 112 kilometers per hour that whipped over the sea, and waves reached up to 30 feet high. Nothing compared to what the crew of Fe Andrea Gale faced, but still quite violent. The Boston Globe reported that during the storm, the winds, quote, tossed boats like beach toys in the surf, and houses were torn completely off their foundations by the rising tide. By the time Hurricane Grace had her fill, she'd caused nearly $500 million in damages and 13 deaths outside of the crew of FB Andrea Gale. While the storm baffled meteorologists, the support from our lovely patrons continues to baffle me. This episode couldn't be possible without our lovely patrons. Thank you all so much! If you'd like to support the channel and future episodes, go to patreon.com slash shipwrecksunday to join. Now, let's get back to the perfect storm. The storm was just mind-boggling. At the time, the National Weather Service and Environment Canada concluded that the counterclockwise spin of Hurricane Grace, meeting that clockwise spin of the anticyclone, must have just created a funnel that caused it to rapidly increase in speed, gathering more moisture and energy as it traveled westward from the dying hurricane. When it hit the shores, it wasn't technically named anything, so it gained the nickname of No Name Hurricane, since it was just as powerful as a hurricane without the designation as such. Some have called it the Halloween Gale since it struck the eastern seaboard around October 31st. On October 31st, the Coast Guard launched a massive search for the crew of F.V. Andrea Gale. There was not hide nor hair of the crew or the ship until November 5th, 1991, when the emergency beacon washed up on shore on Sable Island off the coast of Canada. Eventually, more debris from the vessel would turn up, but not the ship or the crew none of which have ever been located. However, F.V. Andrea Gale is believed to be one of RMS Titanic's closest neighbors, RecWise. The story of F.V. Andrea Gale has been immortalized in a book by Sebastian Junger called The Perfect Storm, published in 1997. In 2000, a movie of the same title was created, starring George Clooney. In the movie, F.V. Andrea Gale is sunk by a massive wave that swamps the ship in the middle of the storm. In reality, we have no idea what happens to her. Though family and friends of the victims have said that the book The Perfect Storm was well-researched and well-written, though the movie was far too Hollywood. This is a common theme among many survivors and victims' families of disasters when it comes to movie adaptations of real-life events. Oftentimes, Hollywood overdramatizes something for the sake of entertainment without giving an ounce of thought as to what it truly means to the victims. And unfortunately, it only muddies the water and makes what happened to F.V. Andrea Gale even more uncertain. What we do know is that whatever happened to the ship and her crew happened suddenly and tragically. I hope one day the wreck of the ship can be located so we might learn what happened to her and her crew. Rest in peace to the crew of the Andrea Gale, and I hope their families, friends, and loved ones have found peace and solace. If you liked that story and wanted to hear more Northern Atlantic content, check out our Titanic Month playlist in the cards. Stay tuned next week for the story of M.V. New Carissa, a freighter that ran aground on the Oregon coast in 1999. Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday, have a great week, and we'll see you next time.